Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Dave's been itching for it. Woody can't stand it. If I can wait, why can't you wait? And Spider will do anything for it. Stop him! There comes a time when nothing seems more important than losing it. We're gonna be as crude as we want, as filthy as we want, and as gross as we want. I think I love you. Come on up! You don't go with the first one you see, you wait. I'm not like ordinary guys. I got more of them hormones or something. Hello. How was I supposed to know that she was your sister? Will you settle down? I'll be right back. I can hardly wait. Some of them men even had big last word about the first time losing it hey there it's brian davis and for this week's episode we're going to talk about the movie losing it from 1983 now the studio was embassy pictures which their best movie or their most successful movie that they ever released was the graduate they were an independent filmmaker also this is final tap there you go The release date was April 8th, 1983, the running time 100 minutes, the rating R. The budget was amazingly $7 million, and the box office, yeah, it only made back $1.2 million, making it the 140th ranked movie released in 1983. Rotten Tomatoes, no surprise, gives it 20% rotten from 10 reviews. Roger Ebert didn't bother to give a review. However, Janet Maslin from the New York Times did. And here's her review at the time. Guess what they're losing in losing it. (laughs) Which opens at Lowe's State and other theaters. Here are some hints. They're losing it in a bordello and they're losing it in Tijuana. This is the story of four fun-loving American teenagers who head south of the border for a little excitement, traveling in a fancy red convertible. The locals don't seem to like these gringos much, pointing out, you come to Mexico to do things you wouldn't do in your own country. They have a point, though it's one that the movie doesn't work over time to pursue. Losing It, which was directed by Curtis Hansen, isn't without its likable moments, but it isn't overloaded with them either. At first, it seems a mindlessly upbeat Boys Will Be Boys film with one of the four uh, sex-crazed gnomish fellow trying to dress like a Frank Sinatra album cover, the time is in the mid-1960s, and another, a Jerry Mather lookalike who would rather spend his money on illegal firecrackers than on fast women. The film would have a certain unity if it had remained on the opening note of uncomplicated foolishness. By the story's end, though, there have been torture scenes, barroom brawls, jailhouse quarrels, and plenty of other unwelcome mishaps. The screenplay by B.W.L. Norton, co-author of the story with Brian Gindorf, has to strain to the breaking point to work a character named Kathy into it. 
The boys meet her when they stop at a grocery store to buy some Twinkies for the road. Kathy is fighting with her husband, and she impetuously hitches a ride with the boys, who are much younger than she. If you believe that, then you'll probably have no trouble with the subsequent developments, as Kathy's deciding to get a divorce in Tijuana and her wandering around blithely without an escort through this city of sin. Actually, the movie's Tijuana looks like a nice, clean movie set, so there's no reason to think she's in any danger. Kathy isn't much of a character, but she is played charmingly by Shelley Long, who looks like a very pretty scarecrow and who demonstrates impressive talents as a physical comedian. She's the best thing in the movie, although John P. Navin Jr. is also fairly funny as the fireworks tycoon. The Sinatra fan is played by Jackie Earl Haley with the avidity that borders on the alarming, but the performance has its moments. Like almost everyone else in the cast, Mr. Haley gives the impression that he might fare much better in a different movie. So what's interesting is at the time, I think the reason most people go back and even watch this movie is because Tom Cruise is in it. However, at the time, he definitely was not a star at all, and Maslin doesn't even mention him in her review. So this was a definitely a late night staying at a friend's house when the parents were gone type of rental. <laughs> Though I probably saw Losing It on TV, which would have been edited to show an essentially entirely different film. The early 80s were filled with sex comedies like Porky's and The Last American Virgin, and they were geared towards young males. And, and nowadays, getting a cheap thrill is literally a keystroke away, no pun intended, with the internet being filled with not only nudity, but way more than we could have ever imagined growing up in the pre-internet age. And, you know, seeing a topless thing or even a Playboy magazine was a huge deal for young males, which now would be incredibly tame in, in today's digital world. In any case, the film is more than cheap thrills, and it's actually much funnier than what the synopsis might tell you. Plus, again, you have an actor in the film that would go on to become one of the most popular actors of his generation. Alright, let's get into the main cast. So you have Tom Cruise, that's Woody, and again, Cruise wasn't nearly the superstar he would later become after 1986's Top Gun. However, Cruise did have a very busy and successful 1983, and it would lay the groundwork for his eventual superstardom in Hollywood. His first two movies were both in 1981, one being Endless Love and Taps. And then, in 1983, he ramped up his production with The Outsiders, losing it, Risky Business, and All the Right Moves. And I would say that's a pretty awesome year. Jackie Early Haley plays Dave, and at this point, Haley was probably the biggest name in the film after the success of the original Bad News Bears and then the subsequent sequels when he played Kelly Leak. He would also have a key role in the fabulous uh, coming-of-age movie Breaking Away from 1979. John Stockwell plays Spider, and this was Stockwell's second film, though I best remembered him for two roles, one being a small role in Top Gun as Cougar, where he played the fighter pilot who has a panic attack in the beginning of the film, and then Maverick comes and calms him down enough to land his jet. The other movie was a silly teen comedy that I enjoyed as a kid called My Science Project with Dennis Hopper and Fisher Stevens. He also appeared in Eddie and the Cruisers and Christine. John P. Navin Jr. plays Wendell, and I first saw Navin in the original National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983, who you might remember as Cousin Dale. And so that was Randy Quaid's kid, Cousin Eddie, that had the stack of nudie magazines for Rusty to peruse. So like Stockwell, Navin also kept the connection with Cruz, he also appeared in Taps. He pretty much appeared in cameos in 80s sitcoms like Gimme a Break, Cheers, The Facts of Life, and Silver Spoons. 
After the mid-80s, it seemed like he left Hollywood and no longer acted in, in film or TV. However, he does have the distinction of being the very first person that enters the bar in the first episode of Cheers. Shelley Long plays Kathy, and if Cruz ended up being a superstar from the film, Long was the runner-up, having a very popular career in film and TV, especially in the 1980s. Long's big break came a year prior to losing it, starring as Belinda in the hilarious comedy Night Shift with Michael Keaton and Henry Winkler, and of course, her starring role in the hit TV series Cheers as Diane Chambers that same year. The director was Curtis Hansen, and Hansen started directing in the early 1970s, though his best-known films came after losing it in the late 1980s and 90s, including The Bedroom Window, Bad Influence, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, The River Wild, L.A. Confidential, and Eight Mile. The screenwriter is Bill Norton, better known as B.W.L. Norton. Norton would go on to have a successful career as a TV director far greater than his screenwriting credits, which include Cisco Pike, which had Gene Hackman in it, Outlaw Blues with Peter Fonda, Convoy with Chris Christopherson and Ally McGraw, he was also in Cisco Pike, and one of the worst sequels ever made, More American Graffiti. Alright, let's just get into the movie. Normally I have a ton of clips, but it was tough to find anything for this film, so you're just going to hear a lot of me, so sorry about that. <laughs> but when I do find some, I will kind of try to add them in, but... It's going to be light here. Uh, so the film starts with the three friends waking up in the morning in their respective houses. So you got Tom Cruise, Jackie Earl Haley, and John Stockwell. So Dave is hit, is Haley, and he's the goofiest of the bunch. And he's posing at his bedroom mirror, and then, of course, he stuffs a sock down his underwear. Woody is Tom Cruise and uh, steals his parents' hidden money found in a book of Lolita. Haley steals a stash of cash from uh, the playboy of his, of his father. Spider is uh, Stockwell, and he's even more brazen as he simply goes into his parents' room and takes the cash straight out of his dad's wallet while he sleeps. So the movie's supposed to take place in 1965, and it's the last day of school. So Dave's brother's named Wendell, and that's Navin. So though the viewer doesn't know exactly where the gang plans to go after the school day lets out, uh, they're trying to pull enough cash to get wherever they're going. Their fourth friend can't go, so Dave is forced to try to get his little brother to lend him some cash. And so Wendell is quite the entrepreneur as he sells essay papers to the other kids in school. Unfortunately for, for Dave, uh, the deal is that Wendell only gives him the money if Wendell can go with him. So Spider gets yard duty after getting into a fight and can't go with the guys. However, he decides to ditch yard duty and jumps into the car anyway. So where the boys are off to, it's Tijuana for the sole purpose of getting laid. Yep, that's the movie. While the main gang is hell-bent on getting sex, Wendell's main objective is actually to bring back as many illegal fireworks as possible and then sell them at a 300% markup. Before the guys are off to Tijuana, they stop by a tiny market to pick up some random items. And when I say pick up, I mean steal some stuff. So Kathy is played by Shelley Wong, and her and her husband own the market, but they're in the middle of a fight when the boys are raiding the place. And as the boys attempt to drive off, Kathy decides to hop in their car and go with the boys to Mexico for her to get a quickie divorce. So Dave is hell-bent on scoring Spanish Fly. And this was the old wives' tale back in the day. Today, it would probably be the equivalent of someone trying to roofie someone else. So while the guys are looking for a good time, they're somewhat smart enough to realize that they don't want to get thrown in a Tijuana jail either. Unfortunately, Dave's 1957 Bel Air draws the attention of a local cop who has his eye on the car. Spider is a hothead of the group, and he thinks he's being shaken down for a bribe. 
the cop lets them go because they're going to get some auto work done at a local mechanic. However, you get the feeling the boys are going to have problems down the road with this cop. In the meantime, Kathy has to go through the paperwork of getting her divorce while the guys go off looking for a local brothel. So downtown Tijuana is filled with U.S. military guys looking to party, the same as Woody, Dave, and Spider. Essentially, Tijuana looks like a giant adult carnival of degradation. Guys are selling watches, switchblades, bullwhips, and of course enticing the guys to enter the variety of strip clubs. One of the strippers is named Ursula Undress, instead of Andress from the original Bond girl, and the boys end up getting propositioned by three women in the club. Meanwhile, Kathy is roaming the streets and decides to throw her wedding ring into a fountain. A few locals see what she's doing and immediately jump into the pond to grab the merchandise. Kathy, mortified about what's going on, then decides to retrieve her ring, which leads to an amusing fight between her and the guys for the ring. Back to the boys, unfortunately, it's the old bait and switch as the women who get the guys to go upstairs are not the prostitutes. And then a very large man pressures the boys into staying, and they have to pick from a line of women. Woody picks someone old enough to be his mom or grandmother. Spider picks someone who doesn't seem thrilled to be working there or even wants to give anyone the time of day. And of course, Dave picks the one with the largest breasts who wants to charge $10 initially until Haley makes the point of showing his sock stuffed pants and then she ups the price to $15. <laughs> Rick Rosovich, who is actually Slider in Top Gun, he has a bit role in the movie as one of the military guys in the brothel. There's a lot of uh, Top Gun connections here. So Woody gets cold feet since he's a virgin and he still has a girlfriend back home. The older prostitute is sympathetic and doesn't charge him and then he leaves. Woody heads back downstairs to drink his troubles away. Kathy ends up at the club and drinks with Woody and Spider. Spider seems to always have a chip on his shoulder and decides to be an asshole to both Kathy and Woody. Woody and Kathy decide to walk around town and leave Spider at the bar. In the meantime, Wendell finds his fireworks dealer and gets about 300 different types of explosives. And Dave continues for his pursuit of Spanish Fly. You went there. Why? Just sit down. Do Hello. Yes, like I'd like a half a dozen of your best Spanish flies, please. No comprendo inglés, señor. What do you say? No hablo inglés. Oh, you know speaking English? No, señor. Hmm. Fly. Uh, Espanol, Spanish fly. You understand? No, no sabes. Fly. This is Espanol, Spanish fly. You understand? Maybe I better do this different. Senorita. Okay? Senorita and a senor. And the senor has a Espanol, Spanish fly. He takes it this Espanol and he gives it to the senorita. And the senorita takes this Espanol and eats it. Mm. Okay, now the senor starts to wait around for a few minutes, you know. And pretty soon, the senorita's starting to feel real hot. Just real hot. She's just starting to just foam at the mouth. And this guy, he just waits a few minutes longer. Then he takes the senorita and just... And just fucks her brains loose. You get it? So if the clip wasn't clear at the end, basically the pharmacist pulled out a shotgun and Dave runs out. So Dave needs Spanish Fly and Spider is looking to see the mythical donkey show. The only friend that isn't a maniac is really Woody, who is starting to fall for Kathy. 
There's a funny scene where Dave and Wendell get picked up by a cab driver who says he can get them this Spanish fly. Then the cab driver asks if they would also want some marijuana. And Dave has his morals and says, no way, saying, that kind of stuff will make you crazy and the next thing you know, you'll be hooked on heroin. Kind of reminds you of the old Reefer Madness movies. So then the cab driver takes them back to the same pharmacy that pulled the shotgun on Dave. The cabbie gives Dave six pills from the same pharmacy, which of course are aspirin. Dave doesn't know this, however. Spider, in his pursuit of the donkey show, ends up at an even shadier bar and gets involved in a bar brawl, of course, with Rick Rosovich. Unfortunately for Spider, the cop from the beginning breaks up the brawl and, of course, arrests Spider. Kathy and Woody end up hooking up, but as they leave the motel, they see Spider in the police car. Dave, like the idiot he is, ends up getting kidnapped by a group of guy who discovered he tries to Spanish fly one of the guy's sisters, which of course it's still its aspirin, but Wendell is kidnapped as well. So Spider is thrown into a Tijuana jail, which looks like a prisoner of war camp. And then he has to ask the biggest guy in the jail where he can sit down. And all this means is that he has to get into a fight with the guy that probably outweighs him by 150 pounds. Really, Spider actually deserved to get his ass kicked since he needed to be knocked down a peg because he's been a dick the whole movie. The cop wants $3,000 to release Spider. Welcome to Tijuana. So the kids that kidnapped Dave and Wendell just wanted to scare them. So they take him to a junkyard and threaten to light Dave's junk on fire with a blowtorch while hanging him off a large crane. Wendell gets away and steals a car and saves Dave. It's actually a pretty funny scene. To get Spider out of jail, Woody and Kathy have to make a deal in lieu of paying the fine. What this means is they have to give up Dave's 1957 Bel Air. There's a fun twist that happens at the end that I won't give away, so just go see the movie if you can find it. It's as crazy as you would expect. There's also a great cameo by Joe Spinell, who plays the Border Patrolman. He's best known as Gazzo in the Rocky movie, and then, of course, in The Godfather as well. And then I would be remiss if I didn't play the Losing It theme song.
right, I do have a few fun facts. Because this movie was a low-budget, non-union film, they used at least 10 crew members as actors and many others that didn't want their name on the credits. They hired a lot of local people from Calexico, California to be extras, and a few were put in as principals with lines. The art department covered 80% of the storefronts on the main boulevard with 1960s-looking facades. So the crew worked six nights a week and five to six weeks for most of the scenes, and they were only off on Sunday nights, so a lot of the crew would drive into Mexicali, Mexico, to go dancing at their version of a Studio 54 disco. The Model A car that was owned by the local guys was actually very troublesome for the duration of the movie, and by the end it was dragging around on the ground because the suspension was bad. Reportedly, Tom Cruise said in an interview with Playboy magazine that he did this movie because of Jackie Earl Haley. In Brazil, the movie was released with the title Porky 3 so they could cash in on the success of another sex comedy, Porky's and Porky's 2. All right, is this movie for everyone? Well, no. I mean, it's pretty much for males, mostly that grew up in the 80s. It is interesting to see Tom Cruise. There are some really funny scenes in the movie, but it's a th- I mean, it's it's a B movie. It's a, but it's fun. And and these type of movies were made a lot in the early 80s. And uh, I remember liking it. It still holds up in some scenes now. Some are kind of cringe. Some scenes are cringe-inducing, but look, it's just it, it is what it is. So uh, yeah, it was cheap. It's in my DVD collection because it was cheap. You can probably find it online uh, or one of the streaming services, I'm sure. Or if you wanted to buy it, you could probably get it for under five bucks. And you just never know what movie I'm going to cover because I have a random amount of movies in my DVD collection. So that's the fun part about this. All right, until next week, you don't know what you're going to get, and I'll have to just surprise you then. So until next week, this is Brian signing off. Hey, this is Brian Davis, and you might know me from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. And now, get ready for the Bad Beat Show on ThatMetalStation.com from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern every Wednesday night. I'm going to play some kick-ass hard rock inspired by the blues, because after all, the foundation of all things rock and metal is, of course, the blues. So join me every Wednesday night for the Bad Beat, because even when you lose, you still win. We are officially on Spotify now, so if you don't use iTunes, if you don't use the Podbean app, you can go to Spotify and get all of our past episodes. You can stream it on there, so if you're a Spotify user, you can go find Damn Good Movie Me- <laughs> I can't even say my own podcast. Damn Good Movie Memories. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the host, right? Okay, so go to Spotify, look for Damn Good Movie Memories. You can stream all of that stuff, and yeah, so if you don't want to use iTunes, you don't want to use Podbean, you can use Spotify as well. All right, before we sign off, we do have t-shirts are available for sale. All you have to do is go to TeePublic, that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com, and you can get your very own Damn Good Movie Memories t-shirt. You can get all sizes, any gender, you can get whatever you want just at the tip of your fingers. So just go to TeePublic.com, look up Damn Good Movie Memories, and you can get your very own t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for Damn Good Movie Memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. 
You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the actual alcoholic. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. And the way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbeam. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the greatest podcast in the world. And it's my number one podcast signed by Science. Now, and then Science also said. Science. Science also said, my second favorite podcast is, it doesn't matter, the rest suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science! Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Freaker. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>this is Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock Podcast. If you're like me and my co-host Sonny Hollywood Pooney, you grew up loving hard rock and metal music. Check out our podcast where we talk to bands and artists that help create the soundtrack to our lives, along with playing some killer new and old deep tracks of kick-ass guitar-driven rock and roll. Find us wherever you find your podcast to listen to, That's the Growing Up Rock Podcast, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. And feel free to hit us up at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Growing Up Rock. So sit back and crank it up.